Hello, wrestling fans. Yakko Warner here. I gotta tell you something. I am a wrestling fan, too. And the only thing I ever listen to in the water tower is mark it out. You know why? Because I'm badass, baby. That's why. Have fun. This is Marking Out. Pro wrestling song for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling song for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro wrestling song for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Running like this. Pro wrestling song for pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 447. You can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, MarkingOut.com. If you want to purchase t-shirts and go back in time, somehow listen to this. There's a sale starting. August 28th goes to uh, September the 3rd. On ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. use the code LABORDAY, all one word. You get uh, 20% off. Also, check us out on YouTube, YouTube.com slash out 11 Instagram.com slash out 11 Facebook.com slash out. You can follow us on Twitter at out at ChrisSweenDog, at DaveTheRave underscore M-O, and of course at BTTG161. If you're new to this podcast, then know that we don't normally start the show like this. Welcome to my cooking show. It's cooking with Brandon. Don't you know? Get ready for recipes that you'll never find. Because this show, it'll waste your time. Because it's cooking. Hi, welcome to Cooking with Brandon. I am your host, Brandon, and this is not an actual episode. I'm going to call this 7.5 because this is just uh, audio. And last week on the podcast, I mentioned that I think I found like my perfect burger recipe. And um, this week, I'm going to cook it for you. So right off the bat, I'm going to start off by cutting an onion in slices and I'm just gonna cut this into three like thicker slices so it stays together while I'm grilling it and then once it's on the grill I'm gonna just hit it with some salt draw out some moisture some more flavor to it now I'm just outside waiting for the grill to heat up to uh, around 500 degrees and I've never <laughs> In all my years of recording marking out, I don't think I've ever done a, like an actual recording outside. I can't even see the screen where if you asked me what season it was, I would say almost fall because of how cool it is. But it's really bright and sunny. I've got the grill up to 500 degrees. And like I said, the very first thing I'm going to do is uh, place the onions on the grill, I don't know if you hear the sizzle a little bit, a little sizzle, and I'm gonna hit it with some salt.
and it already smells absolutely delicious because I think onions cooking on a grill might be one of the best smells, scents in the world. Now I'm getting ready to introduce the meat, our hamburgers to the grill. Gonna hit it with uh, salt and pepper as well. So just wanna like make sure it's enough on the top. This is actually a brand new salt shaker. Never used it before. And uh, I'm actually really impressed with it. Now I'm hitting pepper. First, uh, first burger on the grill. Got that sizzle. And now I'm just gonna do the other sides with salt and pepper as well. It was about around this time that I realized that like putting the salt and pepper on the burgers is gonna take way longer than I thought. So you're getting this weird voiceover right now instead. So enjoy the stylings of salt and pepper. Just, just one more second. I'm just gonna close the grill now and let these cook for a bit. So we'll check back in a little bit. I can't say the editing is great, but uh, it has been a little bit. So we're going to go ahead and flip our burgers now with our handy dandy spatula. First, I'm actually gonna flip the onions. Probably should have flipped them a little bit earlier, but that's fine. But get ready to hear this sizzle Ooh. Oh, there's some fire no hellfire no brimstone right and we're just gonna let these sit now and with the magic of editing these burgers are ready to get cheese which I, I really like the combination of um, cheddar and Havarti, which I think that's what makes Hooters uh, grilled cheeses like the best grilled cheese ever. But I don't have Havarti. I have Swiss. They're kind of similar cheeses. So I'm going to hit it with Swiss first. And then I'm going to put cheddar on each top. And a lot of people like to uh, grill their buns, but quite frankly, I don't. And everybody talks about soggy buns and stuff, but if you let the burgers sit for a bit and rest, then I, I see no problem with having an untoasted bun. But you should only be putting the cheese on with like a minute to go. So we're just gonna wait and uh, get ready to build our burger. I'm taking the burgers off now. They look and smell delicious. The cheese is just absolutely melted perfectly. I'm putting the onions up top just on the burgers. Because once our burger is basically on the bun, you don't want to do anything else to it. But I'm just going to put them on the plate now and uh, check back in a quick second. And with the magic of editing, back again. And uh, now that the burgers have sat, we're gonna actually just uh, build the burgers up. 
Gonna just put the, the burger on the bun. And I don't think a burger would be a burger without pickles. So I'm just gonna lay two pickle spheres, spears, slices, I don't know, uh, in the form of an X because DX, you know, suck it. <laughs> and uh, typically I would use pickle chips, but this is what I'm working with. And that's the perfect burger, boom. And now I'm gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Flash photography, please. That was Let's Take a Selfie, which can be heard in Cooking with Brandon episode four. Uh, and quite frankly, I'm doing this episode by myself this week. Uh, Dave and Chris are out at a Slipknot concert. 
that's a big, I guess, uh, people are into Slipknot. <laughs> but Corey Taylor's into wrestling, so that's cool. Anything to get wrestling on the map. But as I said earlier, if you're new to the show, we don't normally start like that. We don't even normally cook like that. That's not a thing that we do on the podcast. But because I'm doing this, I also want to do this. Hi, welcome to Eating with Brandon. I am your host, Brandon. Uh, a few few uh, weeks ago, we had mentioned, well, I had mentioned, from the Cheesecake Factory, they have a brand new slice of cheesecake, which it says returning. I, quite frankly, don't remember this ever being on the menu. But it is a pineapple upside down cake. I've never tried it. I have it here, right now in front of me. And... Uh, the only time I feel like I've ever eaten pineapple upside down cake was at Disney World. They offer a pineapple upside down cake with uh, pineapple Dole Whip on top. And it was really good, so I have high hopes for this cake because I really like pineapple. So I don't know. I mean, I like cherries too. So let me try this for the first time ever. And enjoy me eating. Um, right off the bat, it just smells like cheesecake. And I get the, the pineapple smell as well. Um, I mean, normally Chris is the one that's drinking on the show and trying it for the first time. But here, here's my first bite of pineapple upside down cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. Okay. Right off the bat, that's actually really good. There's like some spice in there. You definitely taste the pineapple. There's like pineapple chunks too. I don't taste cherry at all. The cake portion's really good. It's sweet. And the cheesecake portions, just, I mean, it tastes like cheesecake. There's swirls of, I think, cherry in there. But yeah, overall, this is a really good cheesecake. Yeah, so... I would definitely, I would recommend this one. Uh, I, I, there's not many cheesecakes from the Cheesecake Factory that are bad, per se. But I think I would order this one again. Like, it's not too sweet. It's not like an overpowering taste. It's, uh, it's very good. Like, the Red Velvet Cheesecake at uh, Cheesecake Factory is really rich. And uh, as compared to something like the Banana Cheesecake, that's delicious even though i don't like bananas but uh it's not like overpowering like the oreo dream or whatever it's called is really really rich so you have to be like in the mood to eat cheesecake i think this one you could just be in the mood for cake and eat it and it's good but enough of that uh, it's time to get into the meat and potatoes i believe as chris would say portion of the podcast 
that was, I guess, the online listening experience portion of it. Now, uh, to talk about pro wrestling, All Elite Wrestling has a pay-per-view this Saturday night, August 31st, at the Hoffman Estates, uh, in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, at the Sears Center Arena. That's where All In was. But they have All Out. And just to run down the matches really quickly, uh, you're going to be having a bunch of matches on the, the buy-in a few matches, I guess. You have Private Party taking on Angelico and Jack Evans. You have a 21-woman casino battle royale where the the winner is going to receive a match for the inaugural AEW Women's World Championship, which is scheduled to take place on October 2nd on TNT. Uh, but some of the uh, participants of that, you have Jazz, which she has never been in AEW. You have Ivelisse. You have Teal Piper, who is the daughter of Roddy Piper. You have Brandy Rhodes. You have Nyla Rose. You have Awesome Kong and a bunch of others in that match. Uh, on the main card, you're going to be seeing Luchasaurus teaming up with Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt to take on SoCal Uncensored. You're going to be seeing Rio versus uh, Shida, Hikaru Shida, uh, in a Cracker Barrel Clash. Uh, a match that I am unfamiliar with. I, I'm assuming it's some sort of hardcore match, given the participants. You have Darby Allen taking on Joey Janela and Jimmy Havoc in a Escalara de la Muerte, Muerte match for the AAA World Tag Team Championships. You have Lucha Bros taking on the Young Bucks, defending those titles, or the Lucha Bros. Uh, which is something I really had hoped for to happen at AAA's Invading New York show, but uh, we're going to talk about that like when it's closer in time, the disappointment so far. But you're also going to be seeing a tag team match where the first, uh, the winner is going to be receiving a first round bye in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. You're going to be seeing the Dark Order taking on Best Friends, you're going to also get a match, a grudge match of sorts. You're going to be seeing Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard in his corner taking on Cody. You're going to be seeing, well, you're supposed to be seeing Dean Ambrose, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, but unfortunately, John Moxley is out with MRSA. He's got a staph infection, and he was replaced by Pac who I think I would much rather see this match, but this is, I guess, Pac's AEW debut. Uh, there's no, like... It, it's weird because there was so much storyline built behind the Omega and Moxley match, but you gotta work with what you have. And unfortunately, those were the cards that were dealt. And I would assume this is the main event of the evening for the AEW World Championship you're going to be seeing Hangman Adam Page take on Chris Jericho. If it's not Chris Jericho winning that match, I would be, I'll would be i be so disappointed. I think he's a big-name superstar that you have to, like... I, I get maybe wanting to build up younger talent, and, and Adam Page is famous in Japan, famous to, like, the indie crowd here in America. But Chris Jericho is worldwide. It has to be Chris Jericho. 
there's no like there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. It has to be Chris Jericho winning that AEW championship, I think. So that is uh, just, I mean, all that I'm going to speak about with All Out. I'm not going to give predictions because Dave and Chris aren't here. Uh, I might give predictions later on for Clash of Champions. No, because that's not a thing. I meant NXT TakeOver. But moving on from that to WWE, uh, I don't know how to do this. I'm just going to say Monday Night Nitro, which kicks off with Sasha Banks uh, talking about the WrestleMania rumors, which about like her taking her, her ball, going home, sitting on the in the locker room crying and everything else. Which, of course, she she confirmed to be true, which can be kayfabe, which we'll never know. But she also spoke about being in a tag team match for a title uh, that she just didn't care about. While Becky was main eventing WrestleMania and getting a bigger paycheck at WrestleMania. Uh, but Sasha Banks also brought up Natalia, which ends with a brawl between her and Natty. Uh, she had to be pulled off. It's interesting to see this side of Sasha Banks again. Up next is a King of the Ring qualifier. You have Ricochet defeating Drew McIntyre, which was a great match, but I was just, I'm, I'm disappointed that McIntyre lost. This busted my bracket. I had him winning the whole tournament. And I really, I hope that Drew McIntyre, before 2020 happens, wins either the WWE or the Universal Championship. I'm like completely blown away that he didn't win this, but Dave and Chris both had Ricochet going over in their brackets. But up next, you had a backstage segment where Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins were being interviewed. And Braun Strowman basically challenges Seth Rollins for a Universal Championship match at Clash of Champions. So they'll be defending the tag team titles as well as the Universal Championship uh, on that Sunday. Another King of the Ring qualifier match, or not a qualifier match, just another match from the King of the Ring tournament. You had Baron Corbin picking up a victory over The Miz, which maybe in another year, like not next year, but like if this was a different year altogether, like last year or something, Maybe Miz would have won the whole thing, but he's out in the fir- in the first round here. Afterwards, Baron Corbin cut a promo while wearing the crown, which is something you shouldn't do. Uh, but I, I don't see him winning the whole tournament. But if they were going to push him all the way to the top, I think this would be a great stepping stone for him. Up next was a singles match where Bailey picked up the victory over Nikki Cross, which I thought was a, a good match, but I not much happened during it. I, I kind of I wish Nikki Cross was facing like a tag team competitor for like, I mean Bliss wasn't on Raw, so you kind of want to like have tag team. She's a tag team champion. Where's the tag team storyline? She's facing the SmackDown Women's Champion. Which, speaking of tag team storylines, this one baffles me. You had like a giant tag team turmoil match, which is basically just a gauntlet match, to determine the number one contenders 
uh, for the, the the Raw the Raw Tag Team Championships. It was won by Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Like they they other teams in that match. You had Hawkins and Ryder. You had Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, the OC Revival, as well as the Viking Raiders. Which it's like. Ziggler and Rude winning this just shows how jumbled the tag team division is. B-Team was also in that. I forgot to mention them. B-Team and Heavy Machinery are two SmackDown tag teams. Why are they in a match for Monday Night Raw titles? Like, I get the whole wild card rule, but I don't get it. I just don't get it. But... Uh, I don't know. The OC and uh, the Viking Raiders got themselves eliminated uh, via disqualification. They both, I guess they wouldn't listen to the referee. But, I don't know. I just, I don't know how Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler make sense. But I guess it makes as much sense as Braun Strowman being a tag team champion with Seth Rollins. And then them facing each other. But... You had Sasha Banks taking on and defeating Natalia, where Sasha Banks was ruthless. We've seen this version of her in NXT a little bit, and I'm excited, well, not a little bit, a lot. Because a lot of this, what's happening now, is reminds me of that first NXT TakeOver Brooklyn match against Bayley with her ruthless, aggre- her ruthless aggression. I know Chris would want me to say that. <laughs> But uh, it's I'm excited to see more of this. I liked NXT Sasha Banks, and we haven't seen this in a while. And after the match, she continued to attack Natalia. She locked in the the bank statement, and Natty was uh, left there in pain. Up next was just a normal singles match. You had Cedric Alexander taking on and defeating Cesaro, who finally got his braces off after two years. That, like, from the the broken teeth on the the ring post. But uh, anyway, this match was incredible. You have two incredible athletes. They went out on Monday Night Raw, and they had a fantastic match. I don't know what kind of storyline will be built into this since Cedric Alexander is still in the King of the Ring tournament. Cesaro, unfortunately, got eliminated last week. But we shall see. The main event of the evening saw AJ Styles defeating Braun Strowman via disqualification because AJ Styles used a trick out of Eddie Guerrero's book to get the win. He uh, fell down while Braun Strowman had a steel chair in his hand. Then uh, the referee called for the disqualification, but the OC attacked Braun Strowman behind the referee's back, and they were the ones that used the chair. And Braun Strowman, after the match, got pissed, took out all three members of the OC. I was expecting Seth Rollins to be there, but I think Corey Graves said Rollins wasn't there that night, even though he did a backstage segment with Braun Strowman, so maybe that was like pre-taped stuff. I don't know. But overall, I liked AJ Styles versus Braun Strowman here. I just, I don't know. I would have been so disappointed if Strowman ended up winning the the U.S. championship. I, I still, I don't like the fact that him and Rollins are tag team champions. But there's, I mean, 
it just doesn't make sense. Why not? Like, if you want to build a tag team division, which they clearly don't want to do, how, like, how did I just, I don't get it. How did the OC, like, we had such high hopes for it. But uh, that's Monday Night Raw. Smackdown opened with Kofi Kingston speaking about Xavier Woods and what the revival and Randy Orton did to him. And then Orton appeared on the screen. He read a fan letter, which turned out to be from Kofi Kingston's son. And then Randy Orton basically threatened a child. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and then Kofi Kingston ran backstage and brawled with Orton. For me, it was just a little too plain. So, but up next was another King of the Ring first round matchup. You had Ali defeating Buddy Murphy. I was surprised that Buddy Murphy lost this. Fans were going, they were going nuts for him. They were chanting for him. They were cheering for him. But I don't know, for some reason, Ali moved on. And he hit a super sick Tilt-A-Whirl DDT while Buddy Murphy was in the, the ropes. So that was cool. And I would say that was the spot of the night. This was a, a good match. I was just hoping... I don't know. I was kind of hoping for more out of this match. Up next, you we were supposed to, I think, have Miz versus Sami Zayn. But that never happened. Miz was giving his thoughts. And Sami Zayn came out with Nakamura... Nakamura roughed up Miz to the point where Miz couldn't even like stand or do anything. But this irks me, this segment, because it's like I get, like I said this before with the B team and and um, heavy machinery. I get that there's a wild card rule, but it, it shouldn't be. For that wild card rule on Monday Night Raw, that's fine. But here, I said this last week also, it, the wild card rules should not be two superstars from Raw going to SmackDown and facing each other. It should not be two people from SmackDown going to Raw and facing each other. I just, I don't understand why Miz and Sami Zayn were going to have that match. I just, I don't like that at all. I'm, like, if you're going to have a wild card rule, stick to it. If not, just get away, just do away with the brand split. Up next, you had Bailey defeating Lacey Evans, who made her return after, what, like a month or so being off TV? But I don't, I think Evans, I, she's just not good. I was really disappointed with the way she was working in this match. It was somewhat of a dud. I think the biggest thing going from this match, it's going around the internet, is the fact that you could hear Bailey yell arm drag across the ring to Lacey Evans. But, I mean, if you want to go spot-wise, I thought it was really cool when Bailey did the suplex from the barricade to Lacey Evans, which I think, I really wish we had more interactive spots in the WWE video games. I would assume we don't have that sort of a spot from 2K20. But it should be interesting. Charlotte Flair was ringside for this. It served zero purpose. There was no distraction. There wasn't any like mind games or anything. It was just that. 
But up next, you had Randy Orton defeating Big E. And I was very bored by this. It was like straight out of 2013, 2014. Like, I get that it's relevant to this feud with Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton and now Xavier Woods, and obviously Big E is included in that because they're New Day. But Orton is just, he's just so boring. It's so stale. It's the same stuff every week. It's RKO out of nowhere. It's RKO out of nowhere. It's, it's the backdrop on the, on the announcer's table. Oh, look, RKO out of nowhere. He's got the revival with him. They tried to get involved, but uh, Big E tried to... I mean, he stopped it at first, but behind the referee's back, they, they knocked him in the face, and then it turned into, guess what? An RKO. I just... I really wish Randy Orton, now that... I mean, you have USA Network. It's going to be a huge show on USA Network. It has to be. The Wednesday Night Wars, they're coming. Send Randy Orton to NXT. Don't have him be like the Viper, where it's like... I'm going to pin this person. I'm going to pin this person. I'm going to defeat this person over and over and over again. Have him go in there and like elevate. Like, I don't, I can't compare it to like a hacksaw Jim Duggan coming back in like 2000, what, like six or like Tatanka because there's like, there's, that's not a comparison to make, but it's similar where they were brought in and they were putting over younger talent. Randy Orton is nowhere near as like, old or out of not I don't know how to say this not out of shape not he, he I mean he's not been away from WWE so I think it could be beneficial to put him to NXT and have him work with the younger generation there like you don't need to work with the younger generation on the main roster it could be for NXT I truly believe that and I would like to see that but I know it's not going to happen up next, they showed some footage footage from the NFL's Founders Day, whatever that is, which included the likes of Drake Maverick cutting off Elias, uh, R-Truth winning the 24-7 championship, somebody from Fox Sports, I'll say, winning the, t- the championship. And then finally, Elias winning the title back. So that I, I mean, it's cool that they're at least including storylines off air, and then airing that. Like it, you don't have to just be like a full. Like when the the hardcore championship was twenty four seven, it would be like earlier today. We wouldn't see like over the weekend sort of events. So it's interesting to see that they're doing stuff like this. But this goes right into Elias um, speaking about being King Elias sitting on the throne. Again, something you shouldn't be doing unless you won the, the tournament. And Kevin Owens popped out from behind the throne, which I thought was hilarious, and brawled. With Elias, Kevin Owens hits him with the stunner. R-Truth shows up and tries to pin Elias, but Maverick rips R-Truth off of him and then pins Elias to win the 24-7 championship. So he is now the 24-7 champion as of this moment. 
And then our final first round match of the King of the Ring tournament saw Chad Gable picking up the victory over Shelton Benjamin. I had such high hopes for this match, but it just didn't, it, it, it like fell short. Like when you put two amateur wrestlers in a match, I, I think they could actually kill it. But they're, they weren't even given enough time to kill it. The matches on Raw felt like they had way more time to it. I get that it's a three-hour program compared to a two-hour program, but, like, Raw, I was, it just, I don't know. It doesn't, it, you, you can't, I don't know. I wanted to see more of that match. I'm disappointed. That's what it comes down to. Also, something funny from that match is the fact that Shelton Benjamin is using the same theme song that he had while tagging with Chad Gable. Meanwhile, Chad Gable's using the same theme song he had for American Alpha. I just, I wish Shelton Benjamin had the Ain't No Stopping Me theme back. But it's unfortunate that this match was how it was. But maybe in the next round, we're going to see Chad Gable shine in a, a longer match. I, I wish SmackDown, I wish SmackDown had longer King of the Ring matches. Up next, we had Roman Reigns come out because Daniel Bryan and Rowan were going to be demanding an apology for blaming Rowan and Daniel Bryan for having involvement in all those incidents that had happened to Roman Reigns. So Roman Reigns pulls the crowd, should I apologize? And Daniel Bryan and Rowan appear on the screen. But Roman Reigns shows footage of the attack, the initial attack with the the pushed over scaffolding or whatever. And they zoom in on the person that is he's bald, he's big, got a long beard. And Daniel Bryan right away, he's, he's like he slaps Rowan, yells at him because he hates liars. And I don't understand how you could say that it was Rowan 100% when SmackDown literally ended last week with a bald man who was tall with a long orange beard. I just don't, I don't understand that. And then Daniel Bryan came out insisting that he had no, no clue about Rowan doing any of that. And he gets hit with a spear. I thought it was a very weak ending to a very weak SmackDown. I just, and I really, I don't, it just makes no sense how Brian could be sitting there. Oh, I know, like, how dare you be lying to me? How dare you do this? And Roman Reigns is doing the same thing, basically. Like, oh, take a look at this video. It's definitely Rowan. But there was somebody else that looked just like him. And how was that guy not even on SmackDown this week? Like, was it Luke Harper? Was it not? Well, I don't understand what they're doing with them. It's just that that makes no sense. But overall, I think Raw and SmackDown were not the, the greatest. You had a few good matches. Very few. The storylines, you had somewhat of a good storyline. But this week gets to be capped off by NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. Taking place in Wales. At the Motor Point Arena, Cardiff, 
on Saturday. It's a 2 p.m. Eastern time start time. So you're going to be able to see TakeOver and then go right into AEW. Uh, some matches, not some, but all the matches. You're going to be seeing a singles match between Noam Dar and Travis Banks. A last man standing match is going to be taking place. Dave Mastiff will be taking on Joe Coffey. For the NXT UK Tag Team Championships, there's going to be a triple threat tag team match. Zach Gibson and James Drake are defending those titles against Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, as well as Gallus, to which I am going to be uh, hoping that Gallus wins because I was pulling for... Well, actually, no, because they weren't in it. It was Mustache Mountain last time. But yeah, I'm going to pull for Gallus to win this the, this... UK Tag Team Championship match. For the NXT UK Women's Championship, you're going to be seeing Tony Storm defending the title against Kaylee Ray. And for the WWE United Kingdom Championship, Tyler Bate challenges the champion Walter. So it should be a really good NXT event. Uh, it's on Saturday. I'm probably going to tune into it. I really like NXT. And I really like going to takeovers, and I like watching takeovers. But right now, I think the only thing left to do is ask myself how I'm doing. No, I'm doing awesome as always, by the way. But, Brandon, do you have any shout-outs? Hey there, pal, it's me, Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Brandon's Shout-Out. The first shout-out goes to Taylor Swift. I think I said last week that this is going to be a very heavy Taylor Swift episode because her album Lover comes out this week. But she's getting the shout out because it's been 10 years to the day that I saw her uh, live in concert for the first time. Where uh, I really wanted to see her at Madison Square Garden, but that sold out in like record time. So I had to go to Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut, and uh, it was awesome. Taylor Swift's newest album came out this week, or last week, I guess you would say, on Friday, uh, called Lover, and I really liked the title track, and <laughs> everyone should go pick it up. It's a, it's a really good album. Up next, continuing on with the uh, topic of sorts, the MTV VMAs were this week. Uh, which was opened by Taylor Swift, but I'm giving a shout-out to Taylor Swift's 2009 performance of You Belong With Me because it was really cool then. I still think it's really cool. It like started out with her on the subway platform, and then she rode the train to Radio City Music Hall and uh, performed. she finished performing the song outside. So she essentially she performed while traveling on a train, a moving subway, and uh, then performed, she danced on a, or not maybe danced, but like sang on top of a New York City taxi cab. It was really cool. So check that out on YouTube. Uh, last shout out, Sean Mendez and Alessia Cara. Uh, I saw them both on Friday night at Barclays Center, and it was a really good concert. It's crazy to see Sean Mendez go from opening for Taylor Swift, which, yes, it was at like MetLife Stadium. But opening for Taylor Swift to selling out arenas like this as the headliner, which that happened, I mean, Ed Sheeran it happened with, it happened with Florida Georgia Line. So it's cool to see when stuff like that happens. 
But, uh, speaking of cool, now it's time for my... Markout Moment of the Week! That is right. That is my right. My, my, what are you doing? Don't, why, don't do well, that. Why do you get to do that? Because I'm hosting the show this week. What do you... I also want to do a markout moment of the week. No, absolutely not. You realize you're talking to yourself at this point, right? Regardless, that's one. ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Labor Day. Gets you 20% off. My markout moment of the week. Uh, I'm not going to go through everything, but I was marking out for just about everything announced at Disney's D23 convention this past week. They announced, like, new movies, new TV shows, uh, a bunch of things coming to the theme parks. Uh, and I think Disney Plus is going to be really, really cool. Uh, another markout moment was the fact that after Cesaro's match on Monday Night Raw, he was interviewed and mentioned that he'll be showing up at TakeOver. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I wouldn't mind seeing him show up to like challenge Walter maybe because Cesaro versus Walter would be really cool but I would also be really uh, behind maybe him cutting off the the tag team champions maybe a new tag team champions emerge Gallus wins let's say and out comes Cesaro but also Cassius Ono that's a marked dream I could hope I guess uh, but then last, uh, last markout moment of the week for me is going to be the fact that they're bringing Stone Cold Steve Austin to Madison Square Garden for Monday Night Raw. That's a, a really cool thing. Uh, Undertaker's going to be SmackDown. Stone Cold on Raw. I don't know what their roles will be. But it should be interesting to watch and watch it live. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show, episode 447. Check it out, MarkingOut.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, uh, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, Instagram.com slash MarkingOut11, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. Folks, buy a t-shirt, buy three t-shirts, buy four t-shirts, five t-shirts, six t-shirts, counting the seconds up. Hopefully next week's episode will be much better. Uh, definitely going to be more uniform than than this one was. And Dave and Chris should definitely be back. Hopefully I'll be back. And until then, we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. Oh. Welcome to Talking Out, the Marking Out After Show where we discuss the episode of Marking Out that we just listened to. I thought it was quite interesting that Brandon really went all out, wink, and had us listen to an audio-only episode of Cooking with Brandon. And I think he chose to call it episode 7.5 because there was no video or jokes or 
good editing, but he probably says that in this week's episode. And that's besides the fact, because I really enjoyed hearing the sizzling grill and the other sounds that happen while making what sounded like a delicious cheeseburger. And based off the picture of the week, it definitely was delicious. You could just tell it looked so good. You can go to markingout.com to see a picture of that. But you cannot even begin to discuss how incredible this podcast episode was without mentioning the salt and pepper grinders. It was, it was truly inspiring. It was such an inspiring thing. Tears streamed from my eyes listening to the pepper grinder. It was just, oh, I can't, I can't even. And not only that, he then debuted Eating with Brandon, where he tried cheesecake live on the podcast. That's what makes this an online listening experience. It's just, it's pure genius. Nobody else could have thought to have done something like that and probably will never do something like that. As for eating with Brandon, I really hope there are more episodes to come. I really enjoyed it, but I think we all know that there's not many food items that Brandon hasn't already tried. And as for this episode of Marking Out, the online listening experience, if it does not win an Emmy, then the award shows are clearly rigged. Another thing I quite enjoyed about this week's episode was how much Brandon discussed Taylor Swift. You know, he definitely pre-ordered her newest album, which is titled Lover, the day it went on pre-sale. And don't you just love how there are four different deluxe editions exclusive to Target, where each version includes a unique set of Taylor Swift's journal entries, handwritten lyrics, and archived photos? And there's a different poster in each one. And speaking of purchasing, I know that I will definitely be purchasing a few new Marking Out t-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out during that Labor Day sale, and I will 100% be getting 20% off by using the code Labor Day. And something that was quite surprising was the fact that Brandon didn't mention Justin Gabriel at all. Normally on the episodes that he does by himself, he mentions Justin Gabriel's name at least four times. Justin Gabriel, Justin Gabriel, PJ Black. But that's all the time we have today on Talking Out. Until next week, I have no creative way to sign off.